Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Rebel News live stream on this, a Thursday, July 7th, 2022. I'm David Menzies, and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. Folks, do you know that today is National Dive Bar Day? But you'll never catch her in a dive bar. Oh, you She's will. just... <laughs> Or maybe you will. I thought she was classier yeah. no, no, than that. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> anyway, she is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed, who I've just been informed is a dive bar enthusiast. I should have known better. How you doing, Sheila? <laughs> I'm great. I am a dive bar enthusiast. I'm also a pub enthusiast. And oh, even better, beer gardens at a rodeo. That's my jam. Yeah. D did I ever tell you, uh, Sheila, that in 1985 yes. <laughs> I rode a bull at the Smoky Lake Rodeo? And yes, it was my first rodeo. How do you like that? I turned it around because I always hear people saying it's not my first rodeo. Well, at some point, you have to have a first rodeo, right? And that was it. And it was my last rodeo, too. <laughs> so, like, First and last. It's also Thirsty Thursday. Interesting. Oh. We're talking about dive bars. Um, it's also World Chocolate Day. Okay. I could care less about chocolate. Um, there's, oh, it's also National Macaroni Day. I'm not a fan of macaroni. How about you? Really? Not yeah. even homemade mac? Yeah. You know what? I could take or leave pasta. Actually, I'd leave it if I had a choice. But uh, my kids like homemade macaroni. Okay. And I'm sure you make it very well. I, I love do. pasta. I'm, and I'm not supposed to eat it. Uh, but um, it isn't Nobody funny is. too, Sheila, how <laughs> all the best things in life, they taste so good, but they're, they tend to be bad for you. And uh, But, of course, I'm going to give an advanced plug to one of your stories. I don't know if it's up yet. Um, it seems that in several circles in the world, <laughs> eating bugs is an in thing to do. We have a plant in London, Ontario, um, heavily taxpayer subsidized, uh, making crickets. And um, it was very interesting when they put out their press release about this cricket operation, Sheila, that um, two billion people in the world evidently eat bugs what was missing from the sentence is i don't believe yeah, that number you know what but <laughs> he, he but he it might be true be, but what they failed to reveal is that those two billion are all unfortunately in third world countries where they can't get their hands on real food so you have to ask the question if they had an alternative to bugs would they still be eating crickets and whatnot you know, this is all part of this stupid world <laughs> government agenda where, again, I, I get into like the deep conspiracy theories where it's like, ah, I see you don't want my brain functioning properly. So you want to deprive me all the new of all the good nutrients that I need to have my brain functioning properly so that I can at least resist your plans for world domination. But I, first of all, I don't believe that 2 million people on the face of the earth are eating bugs um, unless it is out of absolute sheer necessity. Um, but instead of doing things like, I don't know, uh, finding ways to make agriculture a little bit more um, economical for people um, so that it drives the cost of food down, uh, so that more people can eat meat if they so choose, and I definitely choose, um, instead they add all these ridiculous taxes to make actual 
human agriculture way more expensive, like what we're seeing in the Netherlands right yeah. now with their stupid nitrogen targets that will uh, attack farmers who use fertilizer, but also farmers who are involved in animal agriculture because they say that that contributes highly to nitrogen pollution, which I'm not even sure is a pollution at all. But this is just a way to sort of control people so that they end up eating crickets. And if you go, by the way, I ended up like way deep in the weeds on that story. If you go to the World Economic Forum and just put in insects, food, or crickets, food, and there are pages and pages and pages of articles and videos where the World Economic Forum people want you eating bugs as your next protein meal while there's no way on God's green earth that Klaus Schwab, the Bond villain behind the World Economic Forum, <laughs> there's no way in hell that guy is eating a cricket or a mealworm or whatever. There's no possible way. I don't believe it. Oh, then he's a perfect elitist. Do as I say, not as I do. And and indeed, when uh, an, another name I'll pluck out of the hat, Bill Gates, who I understand mm. is the largest owner of American farmland right now. Do you think Bill Gates is raising crickets? No, I think Bill Gates is buying pesticides to kill the crickets so that he can get those cash crops to market. <laughs> oh, so that he can produce biofuel. <laughs> That's what this is all about. Like Bill Gates, he's not buying that to, you know, grow corn to make tortillas. He's buying that to grow corn to make biofuel because on the one hand, he's part of the climate scare. So you make the problem, then you buy up all the farmland so you can sell the solution. It's a really neat scheme these guys have there. It, it, it is amazing. Well, uh, before, uh, you know, we, we just went off on a tangerine here about bugs. Big one. I, <laughs> folks, I, I'll put this out to you. I am trying to get a tour of the London, Ontario facility that is raising these crickets. Uh, to me, it sounds almost like an Irwin Allen disaster film in the making. Uh, they're not returning uh, my emails. I think they owe us transparency when you're getting tens of millions of dollars of subsidies, our money to yeah. farm these bugs, then you should be transparent with what's going on. Just because they're not returning my emails doesn't mean I'm not going to go there. I'm probably going to go next week. So if you have a question you would like me to ask on your behalf regarding bugs, maybe, and maybe you're pro-bug, maybe you want a recipe idea from these people. Uh, by all means, send it to us in a super chat. And that's how I'm going to let Sheila take it away in terms of our ostensible policy reason of what we're trying to do here today. So also, there you go, if you want to, if you want to eat bugs, eat bugs, I don't care, <laughs> but I don't want to pay for it. And I think the Canadian taxpayer is into this bug farm to the tune of $8.5 million. I'm not sure what the provincial government of Ontario has kicked in. The UN has kicked in money for this and yep. it's not even a Canadian company. It's an American company out of Texas, which is ironic because I hear they have great beef in Texas. Yeah, I, I I think it is. I stand to be corrected. I think it's far more than eight point five million they've received. Oh, I'm uh, sure. You know, but but we'll uh, we'll do our homework before we go. So uh, there you go. Yeah, and and if it's so, a text, eat up, get your money's worth. Isn't that <laughs> odd? How if you know, you know you raise a really good point. If this is a uh, a company owned by Texas, was it a matter of they couldn't? Um, con their state or federal government to give subsidies in Texas, but they found some real rubes and suckers in office here in Ontario. And that's why it's there, because quite literally, there's very little skin in the game they have in this operation. It's the taxpayer who's taking the risk. 
And uh, so if it flops, um, well, you know, no skin off their ass, folks. Uh, they didn't invest hardly anything. I wonder if that's why a Texas company is raising bugs in Ontario. It's so weird, isn't it, Sheila? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it might have something to do with the fact that they can't get handouts in Texas yep. because they are smarter than us. Um, but also that this thing probably needs all kinds of waivers regarding biosecurity rules that you probably couldn't get in Texas. You know what? A great point, too. You know, it's uh, like I said, it seems to me an Irwin Allen disaster movie in the making, like a plane crashes into the plant. Uh, millions of crickets uh, go all over the London, Ontario area, where, where which is home to some great farmland, by the way. And uh, basically, this is a plague of locusts waiting to happen. I see it. I'm like, ah, this is the biblical locust, modern day. It's coming. We need a Charlton Heston character to go, damn you. Damn yeah. you all the hell. <laughs> anyway. Take it away, locusts. Sheila. <laughs> Eat the locusts, you guys. Save the planet. Uh, yeah, this is the Rebel News Daily live stream, uh, which started nine minutes ago. And you just heard us talk about bugs for nine minutes. Um, we are currently streaming on YouTube. But there may come a time in the show that we have to cut that YouTube feed. The good news is we're also streaming on Getter and Odyssey and Rumble. And on Odyssey and Rumble, you can support the work that we do completely willingly, unlike the CBC. And unlike the CBC, we welcome your viewer comments. So to leave us a paid chat um, on Odyssey, it's called a hyper chat. And there's a couple different ways you can do it. You can use it with old fashioned, old timey money, but you can also use their cryptocurrency library. And on Rumble, it's called a Rumble rant. So you can kick in a little money. Uh, one of the producers will send it to us and we'll show it on screen maybe and uh we'll do our best to address your question query or comment or story idea and uh indeed and one of the, our top stories of course is uh patrick brown being uh disqualified from the conservative party of canada leadership race and uh, a notable development as of uh yesterday uh marie hennon who is an absolute pit bull of a criminal yep. lawyer, Pro, uh, many regard her as uh, one of the best or the best criminal lawyer in Canada. And uh, she doesn't come cheap, by the way. So that's another uh, supplementary Who's question. Who's paying for this? <laughs> yeah, who is paying for this? Uh, but as P.T. Barnum once said, there's one born every every minute, isn't there, Sheila? Um, here's the thing, though. Um, I think this is win-win if you are on team get rid of Patrick Brown. And I'll tell you why. Sure. Um, one is um, I was hearing um, conservatives talk about uh, the chances of even um, a well-placed legal challenge overturning the decision by the conservative party. And the operative phrase was uh, – well, one part of the phrase involves a snowball and the other part involves hell. Um, there's virtually 0.0, .0 chance uh, of any kind of legal remedy. But let's say a case goes ahead, Sheila. Here's what I'd be absolutely, you know, glued to the screen watching is that Patrick Brown will have to go through disclosure. He will yeah. have to offer up all his dirty laundry and my God, He's got more dirty laundry than the uh, terminals at Pearson Airport can handle. Um, it would have to be brought before a judge. You're, you're under oath. 
And my goodness, does Patrick Brown really, really want to go before a court with all his shenanigans? I don't think so, Sheila. I don't know what the heck he's thinking. I, like, I just, he's, <laughs> of course, he's got to go through the disclosure process. Did he hire this top, like, the, one of the best criminal lawyers in the entire country? Yep. Did he hire her just to scare the conservative party oh. into saying, oh, you know what? Well, we don't want to fight with her. So, you know, like maybe we could resolve this. I don't know. But he is delusional because yeah. there is no way in hell, even if without his scandals, even without his secret campaign bunker with city staff working in there, maybe on leave maybe not but we've never seen the proof and they just refuse to produce it correct even without all those there is no way that he is going to finish i he might might have finished in the top three or four maybe but i don't there was no way that he's gonna win this there's like no way and and the template <clears throat> remains the same doesn't it sheila patrick brown breaks the rules patrick brown gets caught breaking the rules. Patrick Brown goes on a mainstream media tour playing the victim. And it's getting a little tiresome. You know, I liken it to, you know, if you have a friend and you say, hey, uh, how's your love life? Oh, I broke up with my girlfriend. Uh, she was horrible. Then two months down the road, yeah, I broke up with the new girlfriend. She was uh, ghastly. And then again, yeah, I broke up with her too. She's just a terrible, horrible person. Then you begin to think, you know what? Um, could it be that maybe you're the problem, right? You know, that um, it's not a matter of everyone's horrible and everyone's out to get you, but maybe you have severe character flaws that makes these, uh, you know, uh, ex-lovers uh, leave you. That's how I look at it with Patrick Brown. It's always, uh, he's the victim, Sheila. It's always a conspiracy to get him removed, whether it's the provincial party leader of the PCs in Ontario four years ago or a leadership candidate with the federal Conservative Party. And I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. And another thing I'm not buying, can we, for goodness sakes, why is this man part of the Conservative Party in the first place? He is the polar opposite of a conservative. Don't even tell me he's a red Tory. He's beyond that. And um, so the question is, Sheila, um, it, does he have that snowball's chance in hell or, or a little bit better? Or are we uh, watching the extinction event of Patrick Brown's political career right now? I keep thinking I've been watching the extinction event of his <laughs> political career. But then... Like some political vampire, he keeps being resurrected from the grave and then walking around and sucking the blood of innocent victims all over the place. It's <laughs> quite remarkable that he just, he keeps, he doesn't know when to go away. You know what, uh, Sheila, you should have worn your beautiful Jason Voorhees Camp Crystal oh, Lake uh, hoodie. That's him. Because, <laughs> that's it. Once, just, once, ah! you, 
<laughs> Don't you think the uh, the monster in the goalie mask has been dispatched? He pops up again to yeah, start. He uh... pops up as Mayor Brampton, <laughs> and then he pops up and he'll be the as you said that one time the dog catcher in Tuktoyukta. <laughs> Whatever it takes to be in charge of something, that's what he's going to do. He wants to be in charge of the Conservative Party of Canada. That's flaming out spectacularly. And um, and you know what, Sheila? Since you mentioned Brampton, let us pause for the most unreported news regarding Patrick Brown. And that's what he has done to the city of Brampton and the poor residents of the city of Brampton. As of last night, four council meetings in a row have been canceled. So there's no council business going on at the city of Brampton. And why? Because Patrick Brown and the few councillors he has that are loyal minions to him do not show up. Therefore, a quorum is not achieved. Therefore, it's not legal for the council to sit. And what is one of the orders of business on the council? Well, the introduction of several forensic investigations <laughs> in terms of how Patrick Brown has been doing city business and how he's been hiring people. And also what we broke, the fact that why are city staffers not working in Brampton, but working on his campaign without taking uh, time off. Why are they flying across the country with the man who would be conservative leader and uh, potentially also, prime minister? Also, just as a taxpayer, just as a taxpayer, if all your city management can be completely absent to work on a campaign, whether they're doing it on city time or not, um, I'm pretty sure you've got too much city management. If the city can run and nobody noticed them missing, we could fire 50% of them and nobody would notice. Yes, and and if you want the proof in the pudding, you were just watching it there. That white Audi Q5, folks, that was the uh, car of the uh, chief of staff, uh, Babu. And uh, I went to the secret Vaughn Ontario headquarters and documented that car parked there Day During business hours <laughs> for weeks on end, he was he wasn't showing up. It didn't seem for any time uh, at the uh, city of Brampton. I have since we exposed that, by the way, my source tells me he's now driving a different car. Do you know why? You know what I think here? <laughs> yeah. Look at these people. You know why I think they can't they won't tell you when they went on leaves of absences, leaves of absence because they didn't or. Either they didn't or they don't know what you know. They have no idea how long you were watching that building. Oh, so yeah. they say, oh, we went on a leave of absence uh, June 15th. Yep. They don't, they don't know when you started watching and we're not going to tell them. So they don't know when to pin their lie. Like pin the lie tail on the donkey. They have no idea. So they they would just rather leave it vague than fill in the blanks because the blanks, I think, are going to be lies. You know what, Sheila? That is a brilliant theory. You have done it again, Khaleesi. Thank you. I never thought, <laughs> you know what? Yeah. If they were to manufacture some kind of bogus uh, predated email saying, uh, dear such and such, uh, you know, we have received a request to go on paid leave from this state to this date. You're right. They don't know what dates I've taken pictures of. Their they don't cars. know what you know. They don't know what you know. They're probably losing their minds because they don't know who's giving you the tips. 
So they're oh, yeah. running around all paranoid and super suspicious of absolutely everything, which I love. I love that idea that they're just like, you did it. Like they're running around the office accusing everybody. Um, <laughs> you, you, you know. So they don't know. They don't know what you know. So they can say, oh, you know, like I started, we started working at that office on this date, but they don't know what proof you have of other things. You know, it's like the brilliant 1982 John Carpenter film, The Thing where this uh, vicious alien can take the form of a human and pass itself off as a human when in fact it's a very deadly alien. And the whole movie is so <laughs> ominous, it, like suspicion, you know, rains down on this Antarctic research station because you don't know who the thing is, right? See, that's the part I love about all of this is the psychological terror that Patrick Brown must live with every single day. But it's not enough to stop him from doing sneaky things. No. Because I think that's in his nature. But he must be so suspicious of everybody around him. But I also think it speaks to the kind of person he is that everybody around him would tell on him to somebody. A hundred percent. You know what, Sheila? It is like someone addicted to crack. All you're concerned about is begging for that, you know, dollar amount that probably totals five, ten dollars, whatever a rock of crack sells for. So you can run to the dealer, get your fix. I it's no sad. Idea. You know, <laughs> yeah, well, I don't yeah. know what crack goes for. Sorry, David. <laughs> yeah. People tell me it's a bad thing to ingest. So don't do it, folks. But again, it's, uh, it, you know, it's blame the victim. Uh, or sorry, it, it, it's him taking on the role of victim and him yes. coming up with conspiracy theories. Maybe He's we should throw. Bully. He's a cry bully. Oh, uh, before we go to that, we we do have um some business to tie up. But he's an absolute cry bully. And to prove my own theory here, the conservative party, I think last night said, it's not some conspiracy theory from Pierre Polyev working in conjunction with Rebel News. I can't get Pierre Polyev to sit down for an interview. You think we're working for him? Give me a break. But secondarily, the party said the leaks and the information about his disqualification or the information that led to his disqualification came from his own camp. Mm, very so interesting. But yes. Sheila, let's go back a bit. Let's say the Pierre Polyev camp are these master conspirators that are engineering his political downfall. Um, let's say that conspiracy is true. Then, well, I'm Clara Peller, the old uh, Wendy spokeswoman. Where's the beef? And to his credit, Evan Solomon on CTV challenged Patrick Brown on that very point. Well, do you have proof of this, that the Polyev camp is behind us? And Brown's answer, and I'm paraphrasing, is that, well, I can get my campaign manager to come in here and show you the proof. Well, why don't okay. you show the proof? What do you, what do you, why are you, why are you ragging the puck? Uh, well, you say, that's when Evan Solomon should say, okay, we're going to take a break. You're going to email your campaign manager. He's going to email you the proof and we'll be back on in 90 seconds. You know what? Again, uh, another brilliant point. Uh, but they didn't do that. But at least he was challenged on that. And the answer is bogus, Sheila. If you're so of sure of it, then why do you have to go to a subordinate to provide the proof? Because the guy is a compulsive liar. He can't keep track of the lies. A case in point, when we caught him two years ago, Sheila, at the hockey arena, the Ernst Clef, uh Community Center, 
as Patrick Brown had shut down the entire city, the baseball diamonds, the soccer pitches, the playgrounds, and hired a goon squad security uh, force to be tattletales, the bylaw, to get them to uh, rush to the scene and write tickets. He was playing hockey secretly with his very buddies. And you will recall when I asked him what he, why he was there, he said he was there to inspect the facility. Now, look at him. That looks like a very nice suit. Maybe that maybe yeah. that's too grand uh, off the lot from uh, Harry Rosen. I don't know. I don't know. There's a guy who works down at our local hockey rink in our Drossen, and uh, he doesn't dress like that. No. And by the way, did you see that little <laughs> clip? Uh, coincidentally, while he was inspecting the facility, somehow from the heavens, his hockey bag with his name and number uh, fell onto the floor of the rink. But remember, that was the thing. He was inspecting the arena. Now, if that's true, why did he run away? He didn't do his inspection yet. A. B. Two weeks ago, he was on Jerry Agar's show on News Talk 1010 here in Toronto, and he was asked that question. And, um, you know, Patrick Brown says, oh, uh, Jerry, you're sounding like rebel media now. And uh, Jerry, to his credit, said, hey, don't shoot the messenger here. What was the deal with you being at that arena? And what Patrick Brown said was, Jerry, if you look at the chronology um, three weeks prior to my visit to that rink, Doug Ford had changed the rules so that what I was doing was perfectly legal. Well, and why did you run away? Why did you run away? <laughs> and why didn't you get changed to go play hockey if it's legal? Yeah. And this is the point, Sheila, when you are a compulsive liar and you know, and Patrick Brown, that's what you are. And if you think that's defamatory, just bring it. He is a compulsive liar. And what happens typically, Sheila, is you lose track of the lies. You lose track of the chronology. You lose track of what you said. Because he's now got three excuses as to why he was in that rink. And none of them make sense because he ran away. You know, yeah. so if you're there to inspect it, if you're there to play, if you were there to pick up your hockey gear, maybe that, you know, is one of the uh, excuses, then why didn't you do so? Um, I am, you know, I'm so happy that this is probably the end of his political career, although there is an asterisk here. Uh, well, yeah, it's August. Not. He's like a zombie. He'll, he'll be back. But, but Sheila, here's the thing. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm an expert when it comes to Brampton, but, you know, half the city council, maybe half plus one, despise this man. Uh, with all of his shenanigans in the news right now, uh, the election is in the fall. He has to make his decision by August 19th if he's going to run for re-election of Mayor Brampton. I think he will. Who would vote for him? How does he... he you know what? <laughs> he was running to lead the Conservative Party of Canada. And that was like a fool's errand. Yep. So why would he... I mean, the hubris of this guy. He's just walking around saying, oh, who are you going to believe? Me or Rebel News? He thinks people dislike us so much that they will not believe their own lying eyes, which is a special level of self-delusion. A hundred percent. My earnest wish is that there'll be a star candidate in Brampton to run against them should he choose to run again and um, finally uh, get him ousted. Um, can, uh, I hope I Leslie Lewis runs against him. Oh, wouldn't that be interesting? Uh, right. <laughs> uh, Olivia, do we have maybe a few mainstream media interviews of uh, Patrick Brown pathetically pleading his case? Sorry, we're halfway through the show and we have to uh, tie up a loose end here. 
Um, we want to tell you about our friends over at Freedom Passport. Um, it's basically your Freedom Passport is all your country's rights documents, the Constitution, the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, or the U.S. Bill of Rights, and it's in a neat little actual passport format. Yes. And yeah, I think it's cool. It's I think it's just handy to have. Um, they've just released their Bill of Rights version. During the month of July, you can get 10 off your Bill of Rights Freedom Passport with promo code Rebel News. Now, both the original Freedom Passport and the Bill of Rights Freedom Passport can be found on freedompassport.ca. And like I said, they even have one for the U.S. Constitution for our, our American friends. And if I had to pick a document or a, a written piece of, uh, I guess, human history, Outside of the Bible, I think that is probably the most powerful piece of written human history, the U.S. Constitution. Oh, yes. The Constitution of the United States of America and the Bill of Rights, uh, you know, two of the most important documents ever written and um, currently under attack. Uh, let's yeah. face it, uh, even in the United States, the land of the First Amendment, what's going on there is appalling. It's even more, we're ahead of the curve in terms of yeah. uh, censorious censorship um, with uh, the Justin Trudeau liberals uh, introducing so many bills to be law, such as the most egregious, I think, C-11, and hopefully the Senate um, will justify their e existence and quash that, but uh, I'm not sure. Who even that, knows? that will happen. Um, we, uh, sorry, David, to interrupt you. We have an ad from our friends at freedom passport. And the more I look at these things, I think I need these for everyone in my family, including the liberals, third cousins <laughs> that I have. <laughs> anyway, let's show their ad. Canadians know the national anthem. They stand in silence to remember those who died for this country, but not every Canadian knows their rights and freedoms. The Freedom Passport will change that. It looks and feels like a Canadian passport, but contains the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms in a portable, easy-to-read format. The Freedom Passport. Order one for yourself and for all the freedom lovers that you love at freedompassport.ca. And Sheila, how much is it to order one of those? Take a look. Let's go to freedompassport.ca. Maybe we can bring up the website. There are sponsors today. So I wish I had mine with me. I, I know I, I have one and it's it's a great little document. Oh, $19.95 each. That's great. That's like two Starbucks coffees, folks, for this wonderful document. I know what I'd rather I, have. I think they look great. They're nicely bound gold foil. Yep. Those are great. You might even be able to um, fool somebody at Pearson these days with the lineups that it's an actual passport. <laughs> you know what? You could probably order one of these every single week for several weeks before you could get your Canadian passport renewed. Yeah. You know, because I find folks, the further south and west I go in the U.S., the more likely I'm able to pass off Canadian tire money as actual Canadian <laughs> money. I go, yeah, that's our uh, first prime minister, uh, Sir John A. Mechanic. There you go. <laughs> what is his name, by the way? I think he has a name, the Canadian tire guy. You're, you're right. It It's probably something Scottish, I think. I think so, too. Implying frugalness. Sandy McTire. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's so, sports uh, a Tam O'Shanter and a stylized wax mustache. Yeah. He's based on no specific individual, but is assumed to represent a thrifty Scotsman. Oh, oh, this is one of those uh, stereotypes we're allowed to run with. Still? Oh, yeah. If okay. in, the, in the advertising industry, if you want to depict a cheapskate, put him in a tartan kilt and give him a Scottish David, accent and you, nobody's going to complain, right? But David, you do confirm every like thrifty Scotsman oh, how dare you? ever. <laughs> It's just saying. Anyways, let's uh, move along. We have some clips of Patrick Brown in the mainstream media uh, cry bullying and deflecting. Anytime. Given the allegations you're making about the party, basically you're saying that they have handled this wrongly. They're saying your campaigns handled this wrongly. For members of your party out there, can they trust the Conservative Party of Canada? I'm worried about the credibility of this leadership election process. You can't disqualify um, 150,000 Canadians, more than 150,000 from having their voice. We wanted to save the party from going down a Tea Party direction of trying to uh, replicate the Texas Republicans of Ted Cruz. We're trying to stop <laughs> you this mean winners? Uh, coronation. You mean people who clearly win the party doesn't want us to. <laughs> oh, he doesn't know. want to replicate the success of the GOP? Good job. You, you want to keep losing? The Tea Party delivered. Like, they delivered a whole slate of people into elected <laughs> office. And then he's talking about we don't want to replicate the GOP in yeah. Texas. Again, Sheila, it's the <laughs> point I made earlier. Why is he with the Conservative Party when he's slamming Republicans south of the border? Those should be our cousins if you're a conservative. And, we should and, and be looking the, to them and learning. Yeah. They and keep winning. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry, Patrick Brown saying I'm worried about the credibility of the Conservative Party. That, that's kind of like Excuse getting. <laughs> oh, I know. It's like getting Paul Bernardo out of jail and having him as I'm a. Spo violence against women. <laughs> exactly. Right. You know where I was coming from. And yeah. um, so. I love, by the way, I love his dour face as he sits there and listens to Ian Henneman sing talk. Um, he. <laughs> Immediately, I'm like, he looks like Sam the Eagle from the Muppets. Where he's just like, maybe we could bring up Sam the Eagle on a side by side with Patrick Brown at and the beginning of that Ian Hennemansing interview because, boy, he looks surly. We know that face. Uh, he first displayed it in our hockey uh, video uh, two years ago when we caught him red handed in the rink. And that was more of shocked. That was more like, you're right. You know? uh, that was shocked, but. Maybe a closer facsimile, Sheila, was that face he gave us as we passed him. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Right. As we That's passed him on the highway when he was fleeing in his SUV. You know, that. And you know what he's thinking. He's going, oh, no, not those guys again. I've been caught red-handed. Think, think. Think, think, how do I spin this? <laughs> yeah, look at that's Sam the Eagle. He shouldn't even wear it. Like his shirt is Sam's color, even. <laughs> oh, gosh. Jeez. Do we have any more uh, clips? Uh, oh, we have a True North one. This should be good. Great. Let's, let's check it out. 
in the in the event that the investigation finds that Patrick Brown is guilty of what he is accused of, uh, is there a process for counsel to remove the mayor, or we have to and, wait and for that's, election? That's a frustration we have. Without appointing someone, essentially, you have right now a five-five deadlock, and it's really hard to make any uh, decision going forward. We wait for the results, and we'll proceed accordingly. So, do you also believe that the five, the other counselors that are supporting Brown, do you believe that they're complicit? Well, the only thing I could say is I wish they would stand up for the city of Brampton, as they say that they do, and stand up for a lot of wrongdoings. What we see is a pattern uh, that's happening at the city. Thank you. Thank you. And you that's know, it what is, was... when you think about it, he's gridlocking yeah. the city of Brampton, stopping the elected officials who get a taxpayer-funded salary from doing the work they are elected and paid to do, all to protect himself. The gall of this guy. Yeah. Four meetings in a row, Sheila, now. And and so what I would say, if we were in some dark mirror universe where Patrick Brown wins the conservative leadership and becomes prime minister, what would be his leadership style in parliament if there's something prickly coming up in question period? Would he, oh, I don't know, prorogue parliament for months on end because he doesn't want to face the music. Is this the kind of character you want as your prime minister, folks? Is this the kind of character that represents leadership? No, Patrick Brown is on team Patrick Brown, me, myself, yeah. and I. He will do anything. He will say anything to anyone to get elected, no matter what the position is. It's achieving power, Sheila, not for public service, but for the purpose of achieving power, period. Yeah. Now, how is this any different than Justin Trudeau refusing to be held accountable for all of the things that he does or shutting down investigations or uh, the liberals, you know, stopping uh, invoking closure so that there's no time for debate? This is the exact same thing. Um, and it is right for conservatives to call it out. If you call it out on Justin Trudeau, then you got to call it out on your team, too. And I think that's what sets conservatives apart from liberals is liberals will just be like, OK, he's the guy in charge. We're just going to follow blindly. And if he violates ethics and whatever, because we care about power, not uh, purpose. And oh, Sheila, I, I think he's just the same. Uh, I think worse. And another person who thinks that way is our boss, Ezra. Uh, he said to me that if Patrick Brown did become prime minister with the amount of grifting that he would do, he would make Justin Trudeau look like a piker, uh, was Ezra's words. Indeed, uh, there are more reports, folks, regarding Patrick Brown and the city of Brampton and the shenanigans. You know, even allegedly, Sheila, the building where that secret party headquarters is located is a building that's owned by a friend of his, a multimillionaire, Naturally. who allowed him, allegedly, to have run that's it. That's a donation in kind. Exactly. Right? Rent-free. Yeah. You know, I reckon a building like that, you should be paying at least about 2000 bucks a month in rent. And I've reached out to the property owner. Um, he doesn't answer his phone. I've sent him a text. I've had no reply. So uh, the circle of people he's going to potentially bring into the quicksand with them uh, increases every day. And, um, you know, I, I spoke to somebody close uh, to city council yesterday. It was an off the record conversation. But what this person told me in terms of getting after Patrick for all the scandals, including what we broke last month, six paid uh, uh, city of Brampton uh, uh, staffers working on his campaign instead of working on city of Brampton business. 
he said to me that he asked, do you watch The Simpsons? I go, yeah. You know, the Mr. Burns character, there was an episode where he goes to the doctor and <laughs> for a checkup. And the doctor yeah. says, you have every possible disease <laughs> in, in the history of mankind. We don't even know where to begin operating, right? He says the yeah. backlog of scandal is oh, so that. big. It's like the uh, luggage department at Pearson Airport, you know, that island of lost luggage they got growing there. So uh, there are more stories <laughs> to come. So uh, we'll keep our eyes on this and I'll, uh, um, and if this is his extinction event, Sheila, good riddance. Uh, he is a horrible person. He has a shameful character. He's not a leader and um, he shouldn't be in any position of uh, political power. And if he somehow gets back in as the mayor of Brampton, I feel so sorry for the Bramptonians. Uh, you have a real swindler uh, in the mayor's seat, my friends. Yeah, I just, I can't even, I, I just, the I can't get over the just absolute self-delusion of this guy. To think that he would even win the Conservative Party leadership, given <laughs> the things we caught him in, and now he thinks he's going to legal bully them into letting him back in. And then he's shutting down uh, the city work just to protect himself. Yeah, I don't, he just but, he's never he's never going to go away. But he's Sheila, never one, go away. one caveat. I and of course, it's obvious I'm no fan of Patrick Brown. But uh, to play devil's advocate here, I wish and maybe we'll see in the days ahead. I would like to see the nitty gritty details launched by, you know, uh, which the Conservative Party has accused him of violating, um, because right now that's kind of murky. They've said he's, you know, been found guilty or, uh, you know, of wrongdoings. Uh, th there's a financial element to it. But right now, Sheila, um, we don't have um, super tangible evidence to say, this is what he was found guilty of. Uh, I guess the Conservative Party doesn't have to release it. They're not obligated to. I mean, they're, they're kind of like a private company that, you know, uh, a political party is like that. So if people say, oh, you know, this party's acting undemocratic. Well, guess what, folks? They they don't have to act in a democratic fashion as a party. So what's your thoughts on that, Sheila? Would you like to see it all spelt out in terms of what Brown was doing wrong? Yes, I think that's the only way that we could ever get him to go away. <laughs> you know, and it's not, I, I, I just don't think that a guy like that should be running for office anywhere because he's a little bit too much like Justin Trudeau. Like, uh, how are you supposed to lead something? You're, it's no wonder the liberals, all their MPs, well, many of their MPs have these ethics issues. They like to lie, Mendicino. Uh, because their leader <laughs> lies, right? Like it, the it's sort of the ethics sort of trickle down from above. So I mean, people like him are a poison in politics when they are in charge of things. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, this story's not over yet, uh, but I do think it is indeed over for Brown. Uh, I don't think even with the likes of uh, Miss Heenan uh, representing him. He's going to get the party to reverse the decision. Most senior conservatives are saying it, it, it's it's an impossible dream. So uh, good riddance in terms of him being a factor in Canada. 
And uh, again, my condolences in case he does win re-election for Brampton. Uh, there's a little bit of his sneakiness that will hang over a certain northwest section of the GTA uh, should he be a mayor <laughs> for another 40 years. You know, and uh, there you go. So uh, I, we- I think I think Olivia informs me in my ear that we have another ad to throw to before we move on to, I think, our boys in uh, the Netherlands. Okay. Miss Molly, what happened to our boys in the Netherlands? I've never seen Lincoln and Lewis look more beautiful. Did they, no, uh... I said we'll go to an ad before oh. we go to our boys in the Netherlands. Maybe okay, we then. should have an ad for a hearing aid company on the show. <laughs> I think you need it. I thought you I thought those you were throwing to an ad by the boys in the Netherlands. And uh uh, that's not a man, man, that you just saw. That was, of course, uh, Nat and Cat, and uh, they looked uh, resplendent in the misunderstood uh, merchandise. And, uh, yeah, you saw the promo code to get 10% off. Um, would you wear a shirt like that, uh, Sheila? Assume my gender. Uh, that, that might be triggering to certain people in certain circles. Yeah, I, I would. <laughs> I actually have a shirt that has, like, a... Uh, like the female symbol and the male symbol. And in the middle, it has like a does is not equal to. And that sort of makes people mad because they think that it means that one of them is less than, um, but it just means that they're not the same, mm. <laughs> but nuance is lost on certain people who just go around looking to be offended by other people's clothing choices. While I'm supposed to tolerate people walking around nude or next to nude. Oh, yes. Um, just make <laughs> yeah, sure you right. have a multicolored flag to wave. And uh, right. that, those are kind of like the deflector shields on the Starship Enterprise. No harm will come to you because you're just I don't showing... even show my arms in public <laughs> normally. And I've got people walking around naked, just helicoptering their wiener in front of little kids. And we're like, look at that. It's beautiful. And right. it's always dudes, isn't it? You know, these, these nudism enthusiasts in the or public square. Or women that look like the <laughs> the uh, the landlady from Something About Mary. <laughs> you know, that's who it is. It's always those people. Oh, I wonder why that is. Um, so, uh, yes, the Dutch Rebellion, if we can call it that. Yeah. Or is it the Farmer Rebellion? It's FarmerRebellion.com if people okay. want to see our work and support the work of the young men we've sent there. Uh, we've sent Lewis Brackpool from the UK. And Lewis, I think, um, it's they're covering the Dutch Farmer Rebellion in the Netherlands. And I think we 
as a news organization are probably the best news organization to cover this because behind the scenes, we actually have farmers at the company or at least a farmer, but we have Lewis Brackpool, who is an expert on the World Economic Forum and all these emissions targets and climate change goals and control of the foods that is, you can draw a direct line from the World Economic Forum to that. And then Lincoln spent three weeks in the last major blue collar uprising in the world, the truckers convoy in Ottawa. And he was there. He, you know, he reported it fairly. He reported on the misdeeds of the police. He showed the truckers convoy for what it really was a peaceful demonstration of resistance, which is so far what this uh, farmer's rebellion is in the Netherlands. So they're there to just show you the other side of the story and get the stories of the farmers. Nobody's talking about how it is affecting a farmer to have 40% of their income just cut like that because you're asking them to cut their yields in their crops by not using fertilizer or cull their animals. Now, that tractor that just burned by you're looking at half a million dollars for some of this stuff, three quarters mm. of a million dollars sometimes. And that's just the tractor. That's not the sprayer. That's not the seed disc. Like, look, this, I just look at this and I see millions and millions of dollars. How do you, you can work all year just to make your lease payments on your equipment and your land. You just, a lot of times it's a labor of love. And now what does this do to the value of farmland? If you can't actually use the farmland to produce the, a level of yield that you want, well, then it deflates the price of farmland. Guess who comes in and buys that up? Bill Gates. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? So uh, anyways, our guys are on the ground there. They're covering the protests um, that were, I mean, this is the culmination, by the way, of three years of protests. Yeah. Uh, this started in 2019 when they started musing about these nitrogen emissions targets um, and forcing farmers to cull livestock and use less fertilizer. So this is, it's coming to a head right now. Let's see where this goes. And, and Sheila, you know, you have forgotten more about farming than I'm ever going to learn. Yes. And you said the N word there, nitrogen. This seems to be all about reducing nitrogen emissions. Is nit Are nitrogen emissions really that problematic for the planet? And don't these farmers are carbon emissions? Yeah, are carbon emissions. Ex like... Explain what the government's position is when it comes to nitrogen in the Netherlands. They say that it is problematic for the climate, and so they want to cut the fertilizer use on on agriculture, and they want to. They also say that uh, nearly fifty percent of nitrogen uh, that is sort of in the atmosphere, but in the environment comes from animal farming. Um, and from what I understand, I'm not sure I believe these numbers, but they just based on just the sheer land volume and the output of Canadian farmers. So it might be a per capita number, mm. but the number two agricultural exporter in the world is the Netherlands. Oh. And again, again, and I'm not sure if I necessarily believe those numbers or how they came to those numbers because Canada leads the world in exports in, you know, canola pulses, and those go to those highly uh, population dense countries like India, right? So Canada is feeding India, uh, that kind of stuff. So I'm not sure how they come to those numbers, but there's a reason why they're targeting the Netherlands 
And it's because of the sheer volume of their exports. So if you can bring them to bear, it creates a knock-on effect, right? It's the same reason why the liberals just went after ground meat in the grocery store. Yeah. Because that one move takes care of 50% of all the meat purchases happening in the grocery store. It's a thing that serves to normalize it for everyone else. If you can get the one big guy on its knees. Now, you would be in, you could never pull this off in the United States. Um, but you can pull it off in Europe. And so they started with the number one producer in Europe. You know, that's despicable, Sheila. And I mean, as you said, uh, nitrogen uh, problematic for the planet. Uh, so say the nitrogen haters. But you know what's more problematic for the planet or at least the inhabitants of planet Earth? Um, not having enough food Starvation. to eat. Yeah. Starvation. Yeah. That's... Talk about a basic right, you know, the ability to feed oneself. And uh, yeah, let, and let's not put an asterisk on that. I'm not talking bugs, you know, and other creepy crawlies uh, that are being harvested uh, in other places. But um, good for the farmers for standing up. And you're right. Um, it's so capital intensive farming. The risk factor is oh. huge. I mean, if a hailstorm comes out of the blue, uh, just close to harvest, you can end up losing. I'll give uh, you an example of yeah. this. Last year, we it was a tough year for hay. It's too dry, too hot. This year, I've got hay that hell wouldn't have, but we can't even get on the field to cut it because it's too wet. Wow. So you need these optimal conditions to even make a go of it as a farmer. And for people who say, well, I'm not a farmer, I don't care. You consume food, don't you? Yeah. Are you willing to pay more at the grocery store to help meet some arbitrary nitrogen targets? Are you willing to say, well, sorry, I can't afford even the most affordable cuts of meat, ground beef. This is how you end up eating the crickets, the 9,000 metric tons of crickets being produced in London every single year. This is how you end up eating it because you have no choice yeah. because they've made food so expensive that only the elites like the WEF people, they can eat it. Unbelievable. It, it just feels to me worldwide something's going on. Um, there's so many overlapping narratives in terms of waging war on farmers, on truckers and boosting alternative sources of protein like insects uh it's you know we'll have to keep a close watch on this bottle i'm so yeah. glad that lewis and lincoln are there uh to get the uh the nitty-gritty sheila uh we've got about seven minutes to go i you know I, what before we before we go to that i'm sure we have a clip or two from the guys who uh, i oh. think uh lincoln just landed early this morning i talked to him at 6 a.m my time we had a quick little meeting and he had just landed and they were on their way to their very first story so he just landed and hit the ground running uh lewis got sort of got there the half a day before so they're already working i think we have some clips for them from them let's check it out ah the circle that, of doom <laughs> <laughs> Maybe maybe Bill Gates has hacked into our broadcast. I'm sure you know he what, had. Though, <laughs> I, I, and it's funny because uh, if this had, I think, happened in another country in Europe, it would be a little bit more difficult for us to report. But the beauty of 
Holland is that most people speak English. It's like the second language they teach in school and yes. everybody has to take it. So lucky for us, bad for the global elites. All right, let's give it another shot. And how do you feel about the government and the way it's treated the, the, ag the agricultural sector uh, for farmers in, um, in the Netherlands? Do you think, have they treated you extremely poorly or do you think that they could just do better? Of course, uh, they can do better, but I, we believe it's, it's part of a bigger plan. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes they, 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 they say it's tri-state city. Sure. Three years ago when we started uh, demonstrating, people said, yes, Holland will be uh, the, the capital of Europe. I said, you're, you're crazy, you're mad. Mm. But uh, I think they were right then. Yeah. Uh, and that's why they need our land. They don't need our nitrogen. Mm. They need our land. 85% uh, of land is, uh, is uh, uh, from the farmers. Mm. And yeah, they chase us away to, to get land uh, for, 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 uh, for building and, and, and uh, recreation. You know, Sheila, it's heartbreaking. I, I just bet that man, I don't know him, but I bet you he works so hard to bring food to the table of his fellow countrymen and women and to have his own government uh, turn their sights on this hardworking man uh, who is just just wants to farm and be left alone. It's heartbreaking. Um, and there's another thing, a sort of a side story to all of this. The Dutch farmers, not only are they under attack from the government, but for some reason, and I think this has to do with just the sheer amount of agricultural exports and animal agriculture that they do, they have been under attack simultaneously by the animal rights wackadoos. Um, they've had their farms invaded, farms blockaded, um, and the government is doing nothing to help them, to stop them, to enforce the law. So they're subject to trespass and uh, basically farm invasions, <clears throat> which uh, just a word of advice, don't try that at my farm. Um, but nobody is helping them. Nobody is just enforcing the law. So they're not even, and you farm on your own property, like it's your house, it's where you live. So these are home invasions at the end of the day, where your kids are. And the government is just letting them run roughshod because they're just trying to beat the farmers down. But, but Sheila, I remember a couple of years ago, you were covering, was it a turkey farm in Alberta? And these enviro yes. nuts were invading it. And and basically, the RCMP, instead of, uh, you know, trespassing uh, these invaders, they were negotiating with the farmer or just let them. Uh, am I getting the story straight? Uh, just let the them walk RCMP away with were a... negotiating with the invaders yeah. to get to get them off the property at this turkey barn. And it was a Hutterite turkey barn. Yeah. And Hutterite colony, dozens of little kids there, dozens. Um, and the RCMP were just negotiating with them to get them to leave. Um, instead of treating them like, I don't know, Tamara Leach. Yeah. Or, or treating them like that man in Ottawa, uh, on Dominion day weekend that we observed writing in chalk free Tamara Leach. And he got a fine of more than $1,000, uh, yeah. for writing in chalk on a public road 
in which the first rainfall, it's going to vanish. Well, they didn't even wait for the rain. The police turned into housekeepers and scrubbed it off themselves. So that's a fine. That's a hate crime or I don't know what it is. But you can have trespassers coming into your barn. Uh, and by the way, that's not a sanitary thing that they're doing there, right? Uh, cuddling no. up with those turkeys. And the RCMP are negotiating? Right. So when you go on to uh, poultry farms or uh, hog facilities, there are serious biosecurity protocols yes. in place to stop the spread of disease. These people violated every single one. They don't care. You see, they say that they're there for the health and welfare of the animal, yeah. but they could have caused every single animal in there to be culled and not for the purpose of human food, but to just be killed to prevent the spread of disease that these numbskulls could have brought in. And the RCMP just negotiated with them. I think one of them worked for one of the mainstream media companies too, as a cameraman, which I think is how oh, the mainstream yes. media knew to be there before anybody, like why would the mainstream media from Calgary know to be at a Hutterite barn uh, south of Okotoks? So yeah, wow. one of them was a, uh, a oh, there's me. Wow. I am. Uh, changing hair um but <laughs> but yeah they they basically uh invaded the farm um violated all the biosecurity protocols got a slap in the wrist um not even you know like catch and release um no tamara leach stuff whatsoever you know the double standard we're seeing in this country and indeed all around the world uh sheila it, it, it's mind-boggling and it always seems to come down to ideology so uh, if you support Tamara Leach, you're on the wrong side of the ideological spectrum for the Justin Trudeau liberals. You will be given a severe fine. But if you're an animal rights crusader, you're on the right side of it. And even though you're breaking real laws, as opposed to writing with chalk on a sidewalk, uh, we're going to um, turn the other cheek. Unbelievable. In any event, I think we might have some chats, my friend. We do have a few and I do have to uh, wrap them up because I do. I have a meeting. Oh. Several meetings. So many, many meetings today. <laughs> many, many meetings. Uh, so we've got one from Udabursi. Udabursi uh, gives us $5 and says, watch his eyes, praying he will be defeated. <laughs> this must be for Patrick Brown, I suppose. Yeah. Watch his little and beady eyes. You know what? You stole the word right out of my mouth, Sheila. When it comes to... The textbook definition of beady eyes. It is Patrick <laughs> Brown, how they bounce around all the time. Oh, they're like two pee holes <laughs> in the snow, as my mother-in-law would say. Just empty behind there. <laughs> kind of like a great white shark, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lifeless eyes. <laughs> yeah. Plotting. Uh, we've got one from Adam Ottawa, two bucks. If Brown does get back in his mayor, then shame on the people of the city of Brampton. It's your responsibility to know who you are voting for. If you choose ignorantly, you get what you deserve. Well, you know, all it takes is the majority in some neighborhoods. It's the same reason, like, don't hold Alberta accountable for Justin Trudeau. We had nothing to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, don't don't blame all of the people of Brampton. Uh, probably a good portion, probably the majority of them are just suffering at his hands. 
Yeah, I think it, two things can contribute. It doesn't need a majority. You need like 20% to win sometimes, it, depending on how many people are running. Indeed. And in 2018, it wasn't a landslide. I think it was less than 2% that he won uh, the vote from the incumbent mayor. And I think, A, with all this dirty laundry being aired, that's not helping him, no matter how much of a loyalist you are. And B, um, maybe there is a star candidate waiting in the wings. It, that could be the perfect storm to get the sneaky one out of Brampton. Yeah, the sneaky one. Okay, we've got uh, another one from Zanax. I think I'm saying that right. Okay. Uh, a buck. Sheila thinks that Skidmark looks like Sam the Eagle. To me, I just see constipation. I see <laughs> consternation. I see somebody who's like hold. I think he's he might even be holding in a smirk because I think he feels like he's really getting one over on people. Yeah. No, I I think you're right. I I mean I, again, uh, I think I might have mentioned this once. The Daniel Day Lewis character in the um. Uh, that brilliant film, uh, There Will Be Blood, about the beginning of the American say, oil is industry. Is he the foot in my left foot or whatever? Oh, no, no. Uh, no, he's it was the the, There Will Be Blood. <laughs> and he's basically swindling people out of the mineral rights uh, that are under their properties. And uh, basically to help him make his pitch, he goes to an orphanage and he adopts a disabled boy um, with the hope that when he's doing his pitch, as a, a passes himself off as a widower, they will feel sorry for him. It's part of the art of the con. Uh, art of the con. He he couldn't care could care less about this poor boy. He's he's adopted. He's just part of his salesmanship pitch. And there's this great scene, Sheila, where he's making this pitch, and there's a pregnant pause, and Daniel Day Lewis's eyes are bouncing around like ping pong balls on steroids, and it's kind of like. Are they buying it? Are they buying it? Or do I have to play the victim card? Are you believing this? <laughs> That's Patrick Brown. <laughs> oh, God. He's just his own worst enemy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what, Sheila? Good point. At the end of the day, all this crap all over his entire political career, guess what? It's self-inflicted. It's no grand yeah. conspiracy. There's not a legion of Patrick Brown haters. Patrick Brown's insatiable quest for power is what, you know, basically yeah. uh, is his Achilles heel. He does it to himself. Well, and I guess where do all those, <laughs> I just almost said that with a straight face, where do all those Patrick Brown voters go now as though there's like a whole bunch of them? Um, I, they go to Jean Charest, I guess. Well, maybe there's that famous photo of T Patrick Brown. I think he was a teenager in high school, and he's got a poster of Jean Charest uh, on his uh, bedroom Yuck. wall. Now, I mean, maybe, uh, you know, I'm offside criticizing his poster choices, but back when I was that age, it was either the Fonz from Happy Days or Farrah Fawcett Majors in that swimsuit. Uh, what year <laughs> were you born, David? <laughs> but look, that's what I'm talking about. Look at Sean Charest. <laughs> I, I, think, I think he and I are the same age, too, or close to the same age. And I've always been a bit of a political nerd, but not like that. Wow. No. <laughs> Not that. like that. My active political resistance was like getting a gun license and going shooting and buying guns and being free and doing like, you know, hating the wheat board. His was 
idolizing Jean Charest. It's an odd, different brand of conservatism, I think. That that is one of the weirdest photos I've ever seen, and and also, you know, I I don't want to, you know, do ad hominem attacks, but but that haircut he has, it reminds me of hairdo, Archie. Though. That was the hairdo. That well, was all the guys had that hairdo. Real well, but to me, Sheila, it looks like Archie's hair from you know the Riverdale comics. All you need is that X and O. Uh, <laughs> game board etched into it, and then and then you've got Archie and probably Jughead and Reggie and Moose are on the other <laughs> side of the door. I don't, I don't know. That was just the haircut at the time. I don't know. Don't is go that? Back and I don't think that's coming back. <laughs> I think it is back. I don't know. I look at some of the stuff my kids wear, and I'm like, I wore that in high school. Wow. What are you doing? But anyway. I think I still wear some of the same clothes I wore in high school, so I shouldn't judge. I think we're all done. I think we're all caught up. Are we not? Olivia? We oh, are. Olivia, what, yes. yes. Okay, okay, then. Uh, well, thank you to super producer Olivia and Ephraim behind the screen. Thank you to my co-host, Sheila Gunn-Reed, who uh, um, are you joining me tomorrow, uh, Sheila, from Edmonton? Is that yes. the idea uh, for yep. the live stream? So I'll be back yep. here in this space at this time. And uh, thank you so much to all those who made a financial contribution. It's how we keep the lights on. So see you tomorrow, Friday. And in the meantime, as always, stay sane. Dramatically. If they're going to do everything that they want, if they want to go to the goal, they're going to reduce 50% of the farmers here in Holland. Sure. And that's, not only, that's only the farming. Mm. But the truck drivers is going to come down. Uh, industry is coming, come down. Mechanics is coming, come down. Everything is going down. Yeah, yeah. So we got a big problem here in Holland.